Hey, this is Dave Pryor for Leading Agile Sound Notes. It's another video podcast, and Derek Ether's taking time out of his morning. Might be interrupted with a sandwich sometime through the podcast, but we'll see what happens. Today, we're going to talk about a question that came up in class last week. So I was teaching uh, in Atlanta, and at the end of class, a guy named Richard came up, and he said, I have this question, and he let me record it, and there's a whole lot to it. So uh, first, Derek, thank you for being here. I forgot to say that. My pleasure. All right, so I'm going to play Richard's question, which Derek has already heard, and we're going to start to talk about it. Uh, my name is Richard, and I work for an organization that mandates all our teams use the same story point increments, one, two, three, and five, where those align to one day, two to three days, one week, two weeks, uh, as, as estimates. Uh, I've seen a tendency for leadership to compare team velocities and consider them rankings for team performance uh what what is exactly what is wrong with this all right so jack richard wants to know what's wrong with this where do you want to start because <laughs> there's so much going on here okay out of denial i think i blacked out on a lot of it but essentially what i heard richard say was that his organization wanted to normalize story point estimating across the organization Right, you pause there because we got to fill this in, yeah, because it's he's got one, two, three, and five, and story points equal days of work. Yes, so we've got days of work. We're trying to compare teams, and what's wrong five with point. this? Right. <laughs> that was so let's start with the basic stuff. So let's just start out with the points equals time thing. How do you feel about that? Well, sir, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> uh, when doing classes, I tell them. Sometimes people struggle to kind of rationalize what's the difference. Oh, it's a point. It's a day. What is it? And I tell them, look, this is a really bad idea because we are really, really crappy at estimating. So don't compare it to time. I'm terrible at estimating time as it is. So how would it be helpful if I converted it to points? But I tell people, you know, if you're first starting out and you're just trying to wrap your head around this, if, if your team wants to say, just compare a point to a team day, Maybe that's a way you can start, but get away from that as quickly as possible. That is, once you start getting getting things done, start putting numbers on things you've gotten done. That way, you're not going to be mapping this to time on a regular basis. Instead, you're going to be mapping it to size and complexity. Um, but I do say, you know, again, if you can't wrap your head around what a point is, if you have no idea, then map it to something you know as quickly as possible. But... Uh, Mapping it to days is just, I mean, if you're saying mapping it to days against the entire program, I don't understand how they could possibly do that. You know, because of course it's going to look, you're not going to have teams that are going to be completely even. And of course you're going right, to have They're not all going to work exactly the same. Right. Yeah. I, I always, I mean, I had a really hard time with this when I was coming through it because I'm a project manager and I think about time and I think it's a natural inclination of management. So even though I kind of want to smack them around for asking these questions, I get it. Mm -hmm. But I always tell the students that, that a point is risk plus complexity plus effort. So it's a three-dimensional way of looking at the work. And if you want to do time, that's awesome. Just do time. That's totally okay with me. Just don't call them story points because you ruin it for everybody else. It's story time. That's what it is. Right. Story but, time. But if, if a point is risk, complexity, and effort, and everything's relatively sized, then, then that way you're, you're looking at more than just the effort or the duration. Um, if management feels compelled to find some way to 
look at this, I'm wondering if they're then trying to figure out how to make the teams more efficient or kind of force op what they consider to be optimization down on teams. Yeah, and, and I've, if it's not just within the program, I, under, okay, I understand the desire for normalizing the, the time. If, if there's an integration point within the program and you're trying to sequence that work so it lines up, but if that's the case, then I don't. I still don't want to do time. I'm going to use a different. I'm going to say, how many sprints is it going to take you to do something like that? I'm not going to bucket. Okay. It. I don't think it's the extending that when you're trying to align sprints. That's one thing. But when it comes to points, again, you're going to get a diminishing return on whatever the heck you think you're going to get out of there. Well, and people are going to start to game the points, or oh, yeah. or management's going to lose sight of the fact that if you tell. Every team, they have to use the same understanding of a point that's like saying how tall everyone has to be, and they all have to be the same height. I mean, they're all going to work at different paces. They have different skill sets, different abilities. That's going to be hard to, to try to say one team's you know better or higher performing than another if you're going by time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it's just a hot mess. I, do, I don't know what... I appreciate what they're trying to do, but it's so. Really what would you mess. what would you say to management if if they have this this compulsion or this need? Maybe it's a real business need to look at the work and get all the teams lined up and make sure they're all working as much as they management believes they're supposed to be working. Well, again, we're talking about. It sounds like they're going toward they're looking at a little bit of a utilization here. They want to know. Okay. Based on they believe that they're going to get a forty-hour work week out of these people, and how many points are they going to get out of them? And I, I'm trying to change. You, know, you want to change that conversation so you're not comparing them to the utilization. When they say, "Oh, it's going to take this many hours or this many days to get something done," well, then yeah, you're going to you're going to erode that level of safety for those teams. The point of I think one of the points of Story points is to have relative sizing to rel relative to the team, creating safety for them, and it not having management come down on them saying every hour of the day how is it accounted, how is it accounted for? Yeah, I worked at one place that went down this path, and all these terrible like it was a succession of bad things. Like one team was going you know so fast and doing X number of points, so every new team had to do the same thing, and then they figured out how much a point cost based on the run rate of the team. So when they would bid out work, they would say to the product owner, hey, here's you know a $50,000 project, that's this many points, mm -hmm. you put whatever you want in the backlog and divide the points up accordingly. And then the last time I was there, a guy got fired off the team because he didn't meet his personal point quota. Boom. Yeah, yeah. And, and I did a class a couple months ago where the, the guy in charge was in the room and he actually said he did that. Is He was doing a back-of-the-napkin <laughs> calculation where he was finding out how many points per day per person would generate. And then he would recognize so-and-so signs up for three points and they do, it takes this long. And so he knew productivity per person. And right. he says, so I know the lowest, uh, the lowest, uh, the person with the lowest productivity. I'm like, you already freaking knew that. You didn't need to calculate that to figure that out. You probably well, already knew it. But plus, I think some, I've been on teams where we had, you know, like one person who was the irritating low performer. But after we got rid of that person, the team was worse. Like sometimes I think that fly in the ointment is, it's part of the team. I mean, it's one of the things that drives the team. Well, we're always going to have people that are lower performers and those who will excel. And that is reality. This isn't friggin', 
you know, the world isn't completely level. And I don't believe it should be. It, it, you will always have people that will excel and those who don't. And so it's how do you deal with the people that excel and those who don't? Do you help them, nurture them, make them better to improve the overall team? Or, oh, do you just, you know, again, you have to figure out how you're going to deal with the, the distribution of performance in the team. But don't you think if I if I'm a manager, I'm going to try to play the other side of it for a second before we get into the next part of it. If I'm a manager, I want to stock my team with the most skilled, most expert, most ninja-like people I can, thinking that if I bring, you know, a bunch of super A players together, that all the super A players together are going to do much better work than a bunch of maybe mid-tier people who are going to have to work closer together to succeed, but but statistically, I mean, the studies have shown that that's not what happens. Right. And absolutely, I'd, I would absolutely want to have super ninjas on my team. If given the choice, if I'm paying for them, I want super ninjas. Right. So I can't fault them for that. But the, uh, the difference is I can't stack the deck necessarily. I don't necessarily am given that option to say, oh, I want, you know, when you're picking, you know, picking the team, you don't usually give the, you're usually not given the opportunity to pick the team. You're given the team now you're going to manage them how you again how you deal with the lower performers is up to you are you know are you going to manage them or are you going to lead them and improve them again, well, again and also i don't know if we really know if they're lower performers i mean there's people on the team that are you know the lead guitar players but the lead guitar players aren't any good without the rhythm guitar players behind them yeah. So you kind of need that mix. I think that's one thing that management might be losing sight of a little bit. Yeah, and so, like you said, there might be looking through a different lens. It's not necessarily performance. Maybe some will excel in different areas. And so it's not that they're going slower, but it's different type of work. Not all work is the same. Yeah. And so, again, then all of a sudden we get... So what should low. they look at? What, what should they be comparing? If they want to compare one team... Let's forget about the timeline thing. Let's just talk about comparing teams because that's another one of Richard's problems is they're trying mm -hmm. to say, this team does more points, they're better than the other team. Right. Um, if they have normalized, let's, even if they're using scale algebra framework where it is kind of normalized, mm -hmm. then you've got one team that does 40 points, another team does 30. Is it fair to say that the 30-point team is less is performing worse than the 40-point no. team? So why well, not? Again, because we all suck at estimating time. I mean, it all comes down to that. I mean, if we can agree on the size, the risk, the complexity of the work, and then we can interpret that, and we go, oh, okay, well, it's going to take us this. Then we believe, again, and we say it's in that you're mapping at the time, I think that this is where it starts to unravel, but I guess you know, maybe they're picking the wrong approach to do their work. I mean, if they think that it's that important, I would want to ask the manager, why is this so important to them? If they're getting, I understand they're trying to get the best output as possible or the outcomes as possible, but you're not going to create safety for the team. You're not going to get your best effort if they're committing more and more time and energy, just trying to work, giving you estimates and just giving you hourly estimates. Well, or if they're just inflating all the estimates in order to make it look like they're performing better than another team. I think that's one thing I would caution, uh, Richard, I would caution your management about is if this become the thing becomes the thing that says this team is better than another team or this person's better than another person. Everybody's going to start to inflate their estimates, and you're not going to have any idea what's going on. Like Derek's talking about safety. If people don't feel like they can be honest and open about what's happening, 
then management will never be able to make truly informed decisions because everybody's going to be lying to them to try to make them happy. Right. When I've seen early on when we had a dashboard that it compared all, it did compare teams, but the way we created safety for the teams is instead of asking them exactly how many points, instead of exposing to each team how many points they committed to and how many points they were completing, we were looking for that ratio. So based on the team's commitment, how many things that they actually get, well, then we have 80%, 90%, 95% completion ratios. Well, then you can compare team after team after team. All it's saying is, well, this team is really good at making and meeting its commitments, and this team is not. I don't care what. And it might be you see a team that has really low completion rates. It's because they love to promise the world and they never deliver. And right. I don't need an hourly estimate to tell me that. Well, I think that that speaks to the Scrum Master's performance, too, because if that's happening, then there isn't that safe space. The Scrum Master's not teaching them or helping them become a high-performing team because they're just lying right. all the time, right? They're thinking they have to overpromise. And, and each time, it's, it's, it's that lie that comes up, and if you compare hour-to-hour, team-to-team, then teams are going to start to lie to you to protect themselves. And it's the same thing with individuals on the teams as well. If they believe there's a magnifying glass on them about their productivity, they will start to change their behavior in a way that you don't want just to make you happy versus just focusing on getting the work done. Yeah. So, so Richard, in response to your question of is there anything wrong with that, there's, there's hardly anything that isn't wrong with that. <laughs> That's right. Um, so one thing I do, I want to keep the video short, but there's two resources I'm going to put links to in the bottom. So, and they both come from people named Troy. So Troy McGinnis, uh, who yeah. runs Focus Objective, has a great tool that you can use. If, you, if your management wants to look at teams across the portfolio and see how things are completing within a project, Troy's got a tool that lets you do that regardless of how teams are estimating work. So that's a great option for you. Um, and Troy Lightfoot is another guy that um, I recently did a podcast with about a new tool that, that he and some of the folks at Agile Uprising have come up with that will let you do an assessment and compare teams. So I'm this, that video will be up by the time this thing launches, so I'm going to include a link to that as well. And uh, hopefully that will help you out a little bit. Hopefully the conversation Derek and I had presented the argument that you can make a little bit and gave you some, some tools. But if you've got any questions, just let us know. And anybody else who's watching, if you've got questions you'd like answered, just send them in. You can send them to dave.prior at leadingagile.com. Uh, and I'll include my contact information. Derek, what if they want to get in touch with you? <laughs> They're out of luck. <laughs> no, uh, uh, they can find me on all the social networks, Derek or just Derek Heather. And if you're lucky no. enough, you'll get a card on the board you can see right behind Derek's head. There you go. I'll put you in the queue. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate your time. Uh, my, my pleasure.